0: Hey, let's open our Bibles, John chapter 8. We're going to be talking about freedom today, that's why I chose that video. Got another song uh, from Zach Williams at the end about the freedom, the freedom we have in Christ. So John chapter 8, <clears throat> Justin mentioned it, we'll just re- do a little review about you know, Jesus said, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So I've been talking about this the last couple of weeks and just a little review here is this, this idea of, of if you're really a, a true disciple of Jesus, you're going to be in the word and you're going to get the word in you. You're going to be in the word and you're going to get the word in you. And this is kind of like what it means. What he's talking about here, that you know we, we have this. we make it a habit, it's like a daily part of our lives and, and this consistent daily part of our lives. And we, we, we need a plan. How are we going to do that? It doesn't just happen. It doesn't just miraculously happen. It's something you decide, you plan, you work towards. And so you know this, this idea of a, a simple a simple plan like this where you have a place, you have a, a time, and you have your word, your, your Bible, your treasure, and you pray, ask God to kind of open your eyes, and you just read five or ten minutes and then, and then maybe write something down. This idea uh, of the amount of time that the media has stolen from us is a, is a huge thing. I talked about that last week where where they, the, the average is about 11 hours per day that we are actively uh, involved with some kind of media, whether it's TV, phone, internet of some kind, tablet, computer, all the different types of media. 11 hours! And we find it hard, I hate to say this, we find it hard to find 11 minutes to spend in the Word of God. That should, that should be sobering for us. So we need to reclaim that. Take some of that time back. Take some of that you know, valuable, valuable time. Because time is a very valuable resource. And we need to think about how we're using the time. What did he say? You know, uh, the am the, uh, trying to think of that verse now. In, in uh, Psalm 90, you know, to number our days aright. That we would, you know, gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us, Lord, to number our days aright, that we would gain a heart of wisdom. So we would would use that time that we have in these days that we have. So Jesus, you know, he he said those words to the people there that you know, then he said, Then you will know the truth, and the truth would set you what? Free. You would know the truth if you're in the Word. You're, you're getting the Word in you, and you're listening to what Jesus had to say. You're going to know the truth, and the truth would set you free. That's an important thing, and 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 uh, it's found, you know, all throughout the Bible. Now, when Jesus said these words to these people, they actually got offended. They didn't say, you know, wow, we've been wanting to be free. They got offended at him. They were upset with him. Like, why would you say that to us? And again, these are, these are uh, those religious leaders, the spiritual, quote-unquote, leaders. Look what it said in verse 33. We'll pick it up where we left off here in verse 33. It says, it says they answered him, we are Abraham's descendants, and we have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? You see this kind of attitude that they're, that they're exhibiting here? First of all, it's not true what they said. They said, we have never been slaves of anyone. Is that true? That's not true at all. It's like, you got blinders on. Open your eyes. You've never been slaves of anyone. We we belong to Abraham. We're Abraham's children, his sons. We have never been a slaves of anyone. Well, that's not even true. I mean, the you know the amount of uh, years that they spent in bondage was is phenomenal. Just in Egypt alone, right? They were in Egypt slaves in bondage for hundreds of years. But beyond that, you know. Uh, Uh, Assyria. They got taken captive by the the nation of Assyria. They got taken captive by uh, the the nation of Babylon. And at this specific time, they were under the thumb of who? Of Rome. So for them to even make that statement is just ridiculous. But what does it tell us? What does it show us? It tells us that, that you can be, you know... Uh, blind. You can be bound. You can be under some kind of thing and not even know it or not be willing to accept it to, to actually face up to it. Did you hear that, what I said? Can that be true of us too? Absolutely. We can be bound by something. Many of us, you know, can be bound by something and we don't, we, we're not even cognizant of it. We're not even aware of the fact that, that this thing has control over me. Now, sometimes we don't want to see it. Sometimes we're just not paying attention, whatever whatever the reason is. But but we can be bound by something, and and we can be in serious trouble, and we don't even know it. Some of it has to do with pride. These, These people here, they were very proud, very proud for us to say, Lord... You know, it says in Psalm 139, search me and know me. See if there's anything, you know, that's, that's not right within me. That takes some humility, you know, if we're proud saying, you know what, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a believer. I got everything together here. That's a, that's a dangerous place to be. So Jesus says these words to them, and, and Jesus, we're going to see in this section here, Jesus says some pretty radical stuff to these To these people he's speaking to here. Verse 34, Jesus replied, they say, You know, we've never been a slave to anyone. And and Jesus could have brought up all these other, you know, people that were over them that I just mentioned. But he goes much deeper than that. Look what he says in verse 34. He said, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. He said, now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. He, he brings up this idea of sin. You know, forget about the fact that we're under the, the thumb of Rome right now. The fact is that sin is a taskmaster, a slave driver. He says, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Peter talked about it in 2 Peter. He said, a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. A man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. If there's something that is controlling us, something that, that we have no, you know, we, we, we it, it's controlling what we do and the things that we, uh, uh, how, it, how we shape our lives, we're in bondage to it. We're a slave to it. Now, I don't know about you, but I can think of a, lot of, a lot of different things in our world today that, that have this kind of effect on it. Can you think of any? that have this kind of effect on us as human beings. What are, what are some of them? TV. Pardon? Television, Television yeah. That, that's true. We can be in bondage to it, yeah? Yeah. Money. money. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. We can be in bondage to that, yeah? What else? you got to speak a little out. I can't hear. Drugs and alcohol, yeah. That, that's a huge problem in our society. You know, I, I went to a memorial service uh, a couple of weeks back about a, a 21-year-old girl who died from an overdose, 21 years old. And her parents are devastate, devastated, and her parents are believers, and she was a believer too. What else? Pornography. Pornography. Absolutely. It's a, it's a, a very serious. Addiction. He said, a man is a slave to whatever has mastered him. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, that, that these things, you know, that, that they put us into bondage. They said, we've never been under the control of anybody. He said, well, you're under the control of sin right now. And you aren't even aware of it. But, but Jesus, you know... Again, he, he, he's saying these things so that they would know the truth and that they could be set free. He wasn't just trying to hammer them. I said that a few weeks ago where the enemy is the one who wants to hammer us right. and beat us into the ground. The, the Savior, Jesus, he wants to tell us the truth so that we could be set free and so that we can live and have life. There's a very big difference. I bring that up because we're going to see the contrast here in this section between Jesus... And the enemy, Satan. So they were religious. They were very religious, as a matter of fact, but, but still they were enslaved. They were slaves and, and of all different kinds. Their pride, they were enslaved to their own pride as one thing. I read this quote by Pastor Chuck, though, and he said this. He says it's interesting how quickly sin can get a hold of a person's life and begin to control them. He said, you say you're free. Oh, no, you're not. How quickly, how easy it is for some of these things where we just start to dabble in this and spend a little time doing that, and then before you know it, we are, we are bound up. We are under control. Warren Wearsby said, the worst bondage is the kind that the prisoner himself does not recognize. The prisoner himself does not recognize he thinks he is free yet he is really a slave these Pharisees he said that they thought they were free but they were actually enslaved in terrible bondage to sin and Satan they would not face the truth and yet it was the truth alone that could set them free they're in bondage, and they, they were not willing. We see this over and over again where they're rejecting, they're refusing, they're putting up a wall against Jesus, and Jesus was the only one who could truly set them free. But this idea of, of thinking, well, I'm okay. I'm all right. I can control this. I got this thing under control. You know, I shared a prayer request for uh, one of my brothers a few weeks back, and and, and he has... A very serious problem with alcohol. Very serious for 40 some odd years. And, and I talked to him on the phone uh, the other day and uh, this is a praise report, 60 days. 60 days. Hallelujah. Well, you know what? If you would have talked to him three months ago, 90 days ago, do you have a problem with alcohol? No, well, of course not. I can, you know, I, this is not, I can do it or not do it whenever I stop, whenever I want to. The truth is he was completely enslaved. And now, and he, you know, his eyes have been opened. Now, he's not a believer, and at this point in time, I think it's because people are praying for him that, that he's able to do this, but I pray that his eyes are open to see where the real power comes from. We can be enslaved and and not even know it. We need to have our eyes opened by Jesus to see. Look at verse 36, one of the most powerful verses in connection with this subject. He says, so. He says, If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. He's talking about true freedom here, and we, we saw that in the song, you know, this resurrection freedom, the freedom that we have, the freedom that only He can give to us, freedom from the things that control us, freedom from the things of this world that want to, that want to tell us how we should live and what we should do. Freedom comes from Jesus Himself. If the Son sets you free, that's true freedom, that's real freedom. I was thinking about this, you know, the the world the world system, you know, the world has what they call freedom, right? And the world will tell you, you know what? You are free to do anything you want. You're free to do this. You're free to do that. But they don't the world doesn't tell you the fine print. It These things that it tells us that we are free to do, they bring the bondage. They put us under the control. They master us. They're not going to tell you that. The freedom. If the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed. If the world sets you free, it only sets you free to be bound up, to be enslaved. There's a difference, isn't there? If the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. Going on, verse 37, he says this. <clears throat> he says, I know you are Abraham's descendants. They said we are Abraham's descendants. He says, I know you are Abraham's descendants. Yet, You're ready to kill me because you have no room for my word. He says, I know that you are in the line or, you know, uh, physically, you're in the line of Abraham. I know that. But does that mean freedom? Does that necessarily automatically mean freedom? Jesus is saying, you were, you uh, you know, you're in the line of Abraham, but you don't have the, the freedom. You don't, you're, you're, you're physically there, but you're not spiritually there. Why? Because you're, you have no room for my word. And Abraham was very different than that. Just because you are born into a Christian family does not make you a Christian. Did you know that? You need to to make it your own. You need to make it yourself. Larry Richards, a Bible teacher, he said this, no individual has ever had an automatic relationship with God based on biological descent. Just because you are uh, in a Christian family does not make you a Christian. He goes on to say this, growing up in a Christian home doesn't make a person a Christian any more than growing up in a university town makes a person intelligent. I, I, I remember hearing Keith Green say this years and years ago, you know, the same kind of logic, you know, growing up in a Christian home doesn't make you a Christian any more than, you know, going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. You know, it, it doesn't guarantee us anything. It's not automatic. It gives us some kind of advantage where we've hopefully heard the truth, hopefully we've seen the life of Christ you know example you know in our parents that doesn't mean they're going to be perfect i get that i know that i'm not i haven't been perfect for my you know family but something about being a follower of jesus that that they would see hopefully but but there comes a time when when every child needs to say you know i believe for myself i used to believe you know from my parents, but now this is me. This is mine. This is my own faith now. Verse 38, Jesus says, I'm telling you. You have no room for my word. I'm telling you what I've seen in the Father's presence, and you do what you have heard from your Father. This gets kind of interesting now. He's talking about his father, and then he's saying your father, and he's making it clear that they're not the same. My father, Jesus, father in heaven. There's another father that he's going to very clearly spell out here in a minute, but, but he's saying there's some differences going on here. I was thinking about this, you know, my father, my real father, my biological father, was an alcoholic, and it killed him in the end. And then, many years later, you know, my mom remarried, and so I have a stepfather who just passed away recently. And I'm thinking, I have two different fathers here. Which one, which one do I want to be like? Which one's likeness do I want to portray? I can remember, you know, years and years ago when I first became a believer that, I, that I, I realized, this is before my stepfather came on, I realized that I now had a heavenly father. I realized that. And, but I also, I said this to myself and I knew this, that I do not have to be like my earthly father. I've got a new father. I don't have to be like him. Why? Because of Jesus in my life, He's given me a whole new program. And you know what? That, that's been true. That's been true. Now, could I have gone down that path? Absolutely. Even as a believer, I could have gone down that path. But Jesus is helping me to stay on the path that, that I have. But, but between these two fathers, you know what? There's no comparison. I was talking to my brother I don't know that he'll ever listen to this message, so I'm not worried about it anyway, but I was talking with him, uh, uh, as I said the other day, he was at 60 days, and it just happened to be uh, the birthday of my stepfather. He would have been 89. Mm -hmm. And so we were talking about that, but we were talking, I said, you know, I said, Dad, because we called him Dad, of course. And I said, he would have been so proud of you and what you're doing now. But I also I brought this up. I said, you know, Pat, I said, you know, our real dad, you know, it wasn't so good. It wasn't good at all. I said, you know, I remember the last time I saw him and his, you know, he was in the hospital and he's, you know, dying of cirrhosis of the liver and he looks like he's nine months pregnant. And, and I said, you know, and I remember the only time before that, I remember we went to a little, uh, a little place in downtown San Diego and it was basically a flop house, if you know what that is, a boarding house. And he had a little room. He had one room there, no bathroom, and he had a room there and a little table and a bed, and that's it. And a bottle of something on the on the little table there. And and my brother said, "Yeah, I remember. I went there with you. I couldn't remember that he was with me." That's the kind of memory. What kind of what kind of father are we going to follow? Who whose likeness are we going to show? And and and. Uh, my brother said, you know, I, I don't want to be like that. He says, I'm not going that way. I'm not going to go that way. Of course, I tell him, I'm praying for you every day, brother. I'm praying for you. And, and, and I, I said to him one time, I said, you can pray too, you know. Just getting those seeds in there, getting that, you know. But I think it's Jesus that's holding him up. Jesus, if the sun sets you free, you'll be free indeed. You'll be free Indeed. So Jesus is talking you know, about these different fathers here. Interesting thought. Verse 39. Jesus said, you've heard from your father. And they said, listen, Jesus, you're not listening to us. Of course he's not. He doesn't want to, you know, what you're saying is ridiculous. But they said, Abraham is our father. And Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children then you would do the things that Abraham did. As it is, you are determined to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God, or the Father. Abraham did not do such things. So he's saying, listen, they, they said Abraham is our father. He said, if you really were children of Abraham, then you would be like Abraham. You would do what Abraham did. What did Abraham do? Abraham listened. Abraham was called the father of what? The faith. The father of the faithful. He he was a believer. He believed in God and it was credited to him for righteousness. He, he, He opened the way for you and I, even back in the Old Testament, to believe and to be saved. That's what he showed. He wasn't trying to kill Jesus. Of course, he didn't see him. Uh, at that time, but but this idea of, of believing in God. Jesus said, you just want to kill me. Abraham would never do that. You're not a true son of Abraham. Verse 41, he said, you're doing the things your own father does. You're doing the things your own father does. And again, he hasn't totally spelled it out to them yet. He's going to in a couple verses. Well, who is your father? They said, listen, Jesus, we are not illegitimate children. They protested. The only father we have is God himself. Some of the commentators, I think, rightly point this out. When he says that we are not illegitimate children, who is he kind of poking at? Jesus. Again, they, they, this pride thing that had such control over them. We're not illegitimate children like you, in other words. We, we have, the only father we have is God. They, you know, they, they couldn't answer the fact that they weren't like Abraham truthfully. So they said, well, we have God as our father. But were they? Did they really? Is it enough to just say, God's my father? We have God as our father? Jesus is is going to, to answer them in the very next verse. But it brings up this question, aren't we all God's children? Every one of us? Jesus doesn't seem to think that that's the case. No, we're all God's creation. But that doesn't automatically make us all God's children. How do you get in the family? How did you get into your family? You were born into it. How do you get into God's family? You're born again into it. No other way in. You've got to be born. Born again. Look what Jesus said. He said, Verse 42, if God were your father, you would love me for I came from God and now am here. They said, we're, you know, God is our father. But he says, if God were your father, why are you trying to kill me? You, you don't, you're, you're rejecting me. You would love me if God were your father, for I came from God. The God that you say is your father, I came from him. And now I'm here. In other words... You can say you love God, but you have no room for the Son of God. That's not even possible. So he tells them, you're not sons of God. You're not really sons of Abraham, because you're not acting like Abraham. There's no family likeness there. You're not sons of God. There's, you know, you're rejecting the Son of God. You're not acting anything like that family either. Verse 43, why is what I say to you not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. In verse 44, he comes right out now and says that you belong... To who? Verse forty-four. You belong to your father, the devil. That's kind of an radically insane thing to say to somebody, isn't it? You belong to your father, the devil. You 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 know you you're acting like the devil. You are. This is who you are. This is the family likeness that we see from you is the enemy, not God, the Father, not Abraham. Wow, I don't think I've ever said that to anyone. Have you? You belong to your father, the devil. Sons of the devil spiritually, Now, not physically, obviously, but spiritually. I think we, we, we can look around our world today and say, wow, some of the things you see people doing and saying, is, who are they following? Who do they really belong to? Where's the family like this? He says, you want to carry out your father's desire to kill. And he was a murderer from the beginning. You want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. You've heard that phrase, "the father of lies." This is where it comes from. Jesus said, "He is the father of lies." Jesus, a very big contrast, right? Jesus says, "I came to, to tell you the truth, and you would know the truth, and the truth will set you free." The enemy doesn't want to give you any truth. His whole scheme is based on untruth, because that's his native language. That's the that's really what he's all about there's there's nothing true about it well this is good for you 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 should try this it's okay if you do this it's all lies it's all built on lies the house of cards as they say he says he was a murderer from the beginning is that true he was go back to genesis chapter 3 he he brought death He lied to them. He lied and and said, you know, you you won't die if you do this. He had a little bit of truth in there. They wouldn't physically drop dead right then. But spiritual death entered immediately. And physical death would also come in time. It's all based on lies. There's no truth in him. He's a liar, the father of lies. Who do you want to listen to? Who do you want to belong to? Somebody that's gonna tell you the truth or somebody who's gonna fill your head with all kinds of nonsense that isn't even true? I remember years years ago, uh, as a young believer, we were uh, involved with a group that was very strong into the deliverance ministry. How many of you are familiar with what I'm talking about? These groups, you know, they were going to cast a demon pretty much out of everybody and everything. And uh, that included Christians, by the way, too, which I firmly believe that Christians cannot be demon possessed. Firmly believe that. Can you be pestered and hammered down? Yes, absolutely, but not demon possessed. But, anyways, there would be these times where, the, you know, the demon would be manifesting, quote-unquote, and and saying these different things, right? And then they would take those things that were being said and build kind of, well, this is how we're going to now deal with Satan. And, 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 and so basically they're building it on what? They're building it on what a demon is saying? Now, okay, it's not, you know, He's the father. You can't even say any truth. You've got to reject it out completely. He's the father of lies. He's the liar. He's the father of lies. Verse 45, Yet because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling the truth, why don't you believe me? Why don't you believe me? I'm trying to tell you the truth. When Jesus was talking to Pontius Pilate, he said this to him. He says, I, I came into the world to testify to the truth, and everyone on the side of truth listens to me. If you want to know the truth, if you want to stay, and find the right side, the side of truth, you're going to listen to him, to, to what Jesus had to say. And again, it gets back to, to what started this whole discussion where he says to Abide in my word, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Abide in the world, and you will know the truth or lies. And the lies will put you in bondage, not set you free. We have to be very careful. We have to have our eyes open, folks. One brings truth, and one brings lies. And I want to make this statement. Who we listen to shows who we belong to. Who we listen to shows who we belong to. If you're listening to Jesus, you belong to Him. You belong to God the Father. If you're listening to the world and the lies, maybe you belong to the world. You belong to even the, the enemy of our souls. You don't want to be there. Finally, verse 47, let's end with this. He said, he who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. So it's that question I want to end with is, is who do we belong to? Who do you belong to? Larry Richards, again, this Bible teacher, said, do we belong to God or not? Are we members of God's family or not? Will we spend eternity with God or not? He said there's no room for maybe here. A person is either a member of God's family through faith in Jesus or is right there in the devil's camp. No, no middle ground. No in both camps. You're either one of the family of God or you're not. It's, it's just that black and white. Who?" Do we belong to? What family are we in? Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to bring us, to give us the truth and and that through that truth, the truth that he came and then through his life and death and resurrection as we believe in Jesus, we are born again into the family of God. That's the family I want to be in, Lord. Thank you for making it possible. I didn't get a good start. I, I didn't have a good family to be a part of, but, but you gave me a, a, a family that's going to be forever, eternal, with a father that is always there and always perfect. Father, I thank you that I belong to you. I'm a child of God. And 40-some-odd years ago, all I I had to do was simply say yes and believe and trust in Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior. And that's, that's all it took. That's the hope that we have. That's the celebration of hope, the festival of hope that we have, the hope of eternal life the hope of Christ in us, the hope of glory. And Jesus, I pray that each one of us would, would know that and that we would uh, steadfastly follow after you and, and stay, people of the book, and stay in your word and live for you. That people could see your life in us. They could see what family we belong to. And maybe, Lord, there's someone here today who, who, don't, who doesn't have that assurance, doesn't know that they belong to the family of God. You can pray with me right now, and this could be your day. And simply pray along with me right now and say, Dear Jesus, I, I want to be part of the family. I'm lost. I ask you to come into my life. I want to be born again by the Spirit, by your Spirit. Save me, Lord. Save me. Forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. And Lord, one final prayer for any maybe that are struggling with some kind of addiction or some kind of pull in in your life that is controlling you. I want to pray right now for you that the Son of God, Jesus, can set you free, and you need to look to Him. Look to the cross. That's where the power is. The cross and the resurrection, He will set you free. In Jesus' name, amen.